Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Q, routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai. You're going to go to the lot, you're going to see some great new inventory from the best. Maybe you're looking at pre owned inventory. What an incredible selection they have there! Incredible. And a fabulous sales staff's going to work with you. You'll find out why very quickly Sunbury Motors has so many repeat customers. And you'll end up being one, too. It's Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com. Beautiful day to go out to the lot, isn't it? Beautiful day to go out to the lot. All right, in a moment, Donnie Collins, Granton Times Tribune. But first, our play-by-play call of the day. Swing and a fly ball, well hit. Center field, Nimmo back into his right. He looks up over the angled wall. It is gone. Three-run home run for Alec Bohm. It's his first of the year, and a three-run homer at that. The Phillies strike first. It's four to nothing. Scott Fransky with the call. Um, that actually got the Mets pitching staff to their pitch count. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. And they went on and took care of business and uh, beat the Mets 6-2. to two. This, of course, by the way, speaking of home runs, is the 47th anniversary today of Hank Aaron hitting his 715th home run off of Al Downing. Milo Hamilton on the Braves Network, Ben Scully on the Dodgers Network, and Kurt Gowdy nationally had the respective calls. Tom House caught it in the bullpen. I believe Dusty Baker was on deck. Daryl Evans was on base. Number 715. What a moment. All right. With that, somebody who loves baseball but also is just great at covering uh, Penn State football, Donnie Collins, Scranton Times Tribune. Donnie, great to have you with us. Yeah, I'd keep that one. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I, I'd give it to Henry. I, I'd offer it to Henry Aaron. And and uh, I don't know if most people know this. I I, I frequent the Hall of Fame in, in Cooperstown, and Henry Aaron donated just about everything he ever collected over the years to the Hall of Fame. So they have a, just a wonderful uh, display on on Hank Aaron. It's almost the, the whole third floor. So it's you know I, I would check it out. It's a it's it, it, it's really great baseball history, and the, the generosity of the guy is is just unreal. When you see what he, you you can see that ball there. It's it, 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 it's just like it's just, it's just a great. It, 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 it's an unbelievable piece of history. Well, uh, the uh, I've been to the Hall of Fame baseball Hall of Fame twice. I've been to the basketball Hall of Fame more only because I grew up eight miles from it. Like like we go over there for uh, hey time now for a class trip. Let's go to the Hall of Fame. Okay, uh, so that I mean we'd do that. Uh, but it's interesting that I always found it fascinating about Hank Aaron. I was glad they brought it up in the documentaries when he passed away. 
But people didn't realize he was a diehard Cleveland Browns fan. He sat in the dog pound. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that, that's the part I always thought to be fascinating. And finally, people started saying, you're Hank Aaron. No, I'm not. <laughs> oh my goodness alright Donnie uh, here a uh, stretch run coming up for um, for Penn State football in the interviews that they've had press conferences you know John Scott and, and James Franklin were this week uh, what have you picked up I, I, I think they, they they really believe that they're that, that the, the start last year is, is kind of flukish and that that, it's, that it could be written off by just the mere fact that they get a, a spring practice this year. I, I, I think they're, you know, they've they, they've refocused a little bit. You know, position by position, there's there's holes everywhere. There's questions. I mean, maybe not at running back, maybe not at cornerback, um, but 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 there's you know, there's a lot of there's there are holes to fill everywhere. And 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 I think they they believe that you know now that they have a spring that to finally do to, to you know first time in two years they're, they're going to have a chance to, to to fill some gaps that they they didn't have last year and or they, that they had last year and 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 I and I think really you know we're, we're finding out that you know the the spring losing the spring last year to, to COVID in the early days uh, re- really did affect this team and and, and it, you're starting to see how important something like like this spring is and 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 everybody kind of brings that up but there, but there's you know generally they, they talk about what we expect they were going to talk about a lot of talent um just you know it, it, it's a matter of, fi- of filling those those couple of holes that were, were lost you know in, interior offensive line shuffling the linebackers defensive end things like that it, it, it's going to be an, it's an interesting spring just just for those regards obviously defensive line where john scott coaches and he was uh, one of the two coaches, James Franklin, the other one, in last night's Zoom conference. Oh, he has Jason Owe to replace, Shaka Tony to replace, Antonio Shelton to replace. What was the impression you got from him as to how it's going in the ability to form a new defensive front? Yeah, I think that's a huge, huge question. And that, that's one of the big things you, you're going to look for from the spring. Because, I mean, they, quite frankly, they, they have to count on some guys that they don't know very much about. I mean, Katie is one of them. He, you know, he, they seem to really love him. They, they think he's got a lot of ability. And Rashid Walker was was on one of the calls this week and, and said the guy's got a, a really great first step, really good speed rusher. But you know, he's he's a guy who who started a, a couple of games last year at Temple. I mean, they didn't have they only had a couple of games last year. At Temple. Right. But but he, he, he that's that's his his starting you know resume in, in, in college football. He's, he's got a lot of potential, but they're they're going to have to develop him a little bit so he, he's not he, he, he's, he's good clay but he's not a he's not a sure thing yet I think you know the one guy they all have talked glowingly about is Tarbert and, and it, this would be a great year for him to stay healthy because they need him they, they need him as a, as a depth piece behind Isaac and, and, and to work in there with with Ebicady and they need a you know a couple other guys but yeah I, I, you look inside I, I, I think there's some some real interesting things. They, they, you know, Scott really gushed about Mustafer last night, which you would expect. But you know, I, I think there's, you know, there, there, there's there's little question who's probably going to end up starting up front. But I, I think the depth pieces are, are, are really what you want to start developing here in the spring, and 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 we'll see how it goes with that because they have a lot of guys who they're going to have to count on who just haven't played a lot. Guy has played a lot, but has transferred. And you mentioned Arnold Emicady on the outside, but Derek Tangelo. Uh, what has John Scott said about him? 
Scott, Scott likes him, and, and, and rightfully so. I mean, Scott's not going to say he doesn't like anybody. Oh, sure. <laughs> I understand. But, you know, Tangelo is a guy, I think, of all the, you know, you, you look at all these guys you you find in the, the transfer portal, and, and they're, they're a little bit unknown in your own program. But I, I think Tangelo is a guy they, they kind of knew what they were going to get. And, you know, it, I, I think he could be better than Shelton was. And I thought Shelton was pretty good at the end of last year. I thought he was an impact player. You know, Shelton – or, excuse me, Tangelo was a guy. You could fit him at the at the one technique or the three, whatever, you know, wherever you're going to kind of throw him in there. And, and you could plug him in. And, he, and he's going to give you a good, solid performance week in and week out. His inconsistency is is, is his big thing. You know, he, he's been a consistent player in the ACC for, for quite a while. So, I, I, he's a guy that – you know, you're never going to hear. You could ask about a walk-on that nobody's ever heard of, and they're going to they're going to talk about how wonderful he's been. But I think Tangelo is a guy that you know they probably really do think he's he's, he's been really good, and, and, and you do hear a lot of good things about him. And I I think he's a guy who who definitely provides at least depth on the inside, but probably you know he, he can make a run as a starter. Were you on uh, Brandon Smith's uh, uh, call? Uh, I don't know that may have been last week that he was on. Were you on that one? Yeah, it was it was on Wednesday, and I wouldn't miss Brandon Smith. I love listening to him. Yeah, he's he, yeah he's a great guy to talk to. Should have seen the look on. One day I'll give you one. It was before the Cotton Bowl, so Jack Ham's out there, and I just happened to walk around. I, I just was standing there with the two of them, you know, <laughs> just listening. And and Jack asked him about body fat, and I guess he said that he'd reduced his body fat to under four. And I'm looking at my hand, thinking my hand's got four. What? <laughs> like, right. uh, he's moved, okay, from out in the field to more of an inside spot, which I, I know he talked about. Uh, what does that meant to him? What, is, what does that mean for? It's a different traffic pattern, but how much more effective does he think he can be there? He thinks he could be a lot more effective, he's, and, and, he's, and he's talked about how comfortable he is. And, you know, he really. One of the things I like when when you get a guy talking about his, his position is, you know, h- how well does he know it? And and, and somebody asked, it wasn't me. Somebody asked Smith to, you know, kind of to, to to break down what what he was doing last year at the Sam and what he's doing now at the Will, and he really broke it down pretty well. So so basically at the Sam, he was, you know, every, everyone was complaining last year. Oh, what's he doing in coverage? You know, five star linebacker, all that speed. He's out there in pass coverage, and I thought he did a pretty good job in pass coverage, honestly. Mm-hmm. Which, which would explain why he was there. But, you know, he, he was covering a lot of passes last year. He only had 30-some tackles. You know, whatever. But it was, it was a weird year. But sure. he, really wasn't, he really wouldn't have even been a starter if, if Parsons had stayed and was a normal year. But now he's moved kind of into that spot Micah was in, the, the Will spot, where he can make a lot more plays in the box. He can make plays sideline to sideline. And I think that kind of fits his, his, uh, his, 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 his skill set, I guess, for lack of a better term, better than – better than where he was last year. He could be a more of an impact player. Um, one of the things when I was breaking on the linebackers this spring, I noticed he, he had something like 20%. 20% of his tackles were for loss last year, yeah. which, which, which amazed me. And you, you see that, that was better than what Owe was giving. Mm-hmm. And, and, and better than, you know, it, it, that's like a number two defensive end number, and you don't see that for a, mm-hmm. for a linebacker. I think Bowman was the closest when I went back and looked at it. So I, I think they're going to give him a chance to make more plays in the backfield make more sideline to sideline tackles, be more of a factor against the run. And, and I think that makes him I, – I really think he's going to be the most improved player on the team. I, I think he's a star. I, I think he's going to be really, really good this year. And, you know, all Big Ten caliber, he's going to pile up tackles. I, I, I think he's, he's going to be that good. 
but he needed this position switch to do it. And, and, and the other thing the position switch does, it, it, it maybe opens up a spot for Curtis Jacobs where he belongs at the sand, and, and it gives you a little bit more depth there. But, you know, with, you can move Luketa around. You can move you can do a little bit more with Ellis Brooks, I think. I, I, I think that's – that, that, even before I heard that that move was made, I thought that was a no-brainer. And, and I, I, think, I, I think Brandon Smith's going to really, uh, really benefit from that. Yeah, to me, you can't make that move unless you feel there's somebody that can play out there. So if you think if you believe Curtis Jacobs can play out there and excel out there, that makes the move inside for Smith easier to make. Yeah, absolutely, and and, and I, I think the way Smith broke it down, and I and I agree with him is is that Jacobs has more of a he's more of that hybrid. He could he could play a little. He's got he's got a little bit of a defensive back style in his play too, where he where he's really exceptional at pass coverage as well. And but he you know he's a more athletic guy. He's he's going to be out there. He can make plays in space. He's a good tackler. I, I think that's the whole key here. You got to get Curtis Jacobs on the field, and that, and that might have been as big a a factor in this as just having a, a guy of 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 Smith's skills being able to play the will. I I, I think having those two guys, a couple of four star, five star guys, whatever they were coming out of high school, with that athleticism, and and, and if you look at Brandon Smith up close. He, he's a monster. Uh, you, you, he, he's going to be. I'm surprised he even knew what body fat was because he doesn't. It doesn't seem like he has any. Yeah. He, he, I, I think he's he's a potential first round draft pick at linebacker when he eventually comes out. All right. Um, every question so far has been about defense, in part because John Scott talked to the media last night along with James Franklin. Yeah. So now let's get to to the Sean Clifford part of this. Look, in the end, that is going to be the focal point for everybody going into the season. We can break down every other position that you want, but people are going to say, okay, what's 14 going to do? When you've talked to everybody, including Sean, how have they felt about how that part of it has gone this spring? They, they love him. I mean, and, and, and again – it's all, it's all going to be glowing, <laughs> but but Clifford, I, I, you're not, you're not going to hear them say a bad word about Clifford because they love him as a leader. Mm-hmm. And 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 I think Jordan Stout was, I think it was Jordan Stout, but someone asked him how Clifford has been doing, which I thought was funny. You asked the kicker. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he's not watching the quarterback a ton during practice, but he said he said I'm going to leave it at this. Sean's hungry, and I think Sean better be hungry. I, I, I think that's the way it's got to be for him. And what, what, let's face it. There's a lot of questions, too, about Bayou and a lot of questions about Taquan Robers, and everyone wants to take the temperature on those two guys. But if Clifford's not going to have a good year, you're in big trouble. You need to have, Clifford's the most important player on the team by far because you, you know, he, if he plays, if he turns the ball over at the rate he did last year, this team could have a losing record again. There's no real experience at the backup spot. Levis is not there. I mean, you don't have that kind of guy to, to turn to and, and just pound the ball. And, and they, they need him to be better. And that, that, this is a huge spring for, for Clifford. And I think everybody's kind of said he's, he's stepping up to the task. But you know, the thing that I find remarkable is that they didn't doubt that he would. Nobody really – it's not like a big story for them. If James Franklin's not out there saying, oh, I, oh Clifford really is going to surprise him. No, he's, I, think, I think what happened last year surprised people. And, and, and within the program, I, I think if he comes out and plays this well this year, it's not going to surprise anybody. And, and he's taking the right step mentally. He's, he's focused, and you know he's a he's a gamer. He's he reminds me a little of McGloin. He hates to lose, and, and, and everybody's talked about oh he's, he's super competitive, and you know everybody kind of assumes that everybody on the field is super competitive, but it just isn't that way. And, and, and no, Clifford it's not. Is, it is not. <laughs> no, Clifford really is. I mean, Clifford. Clifford is not, you know, losing ruins Clifford's week. So it's, yeah. uh, 
you know, some guys can get over it pretty quick, and Clifford can't. So I, I think I think he's he's primed for a pretty good year, and I think he's taking the right steps. And but I'll say this: he better have a good year. This this yeah. team's in trouble. But um, he, but here's the one: when the four game they won the last four games, and those four games, how many turnovers did Sean have? One. Did he have one? Yeah. One. Yeah. Once it, once he stopped turning the ball, and they yeah. ran the ball better. And that was the and, and that I, was I that was the Rutgers game, game, that little flip over the middle where he overthrew Lutz. Yeah, and and, and the wind. It, it was a it was, it was the a wind was awful, awful, and yeah. with all due respect to Isaac Lutz, not your tallest receiver. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, so in all seriousness, I mean, that's, that wasn't meant to be funny. Uh, and you're right in the wind, and that's the only turnover that he was involved in the last four games of the season. I, I had the statistic, and I wish I. I wish I remembered it, but it, but their record when I think Clifford's lost uh, when they turn it over, he's a, he's got a losing. When they turn it over more than once, he's got a losing record. Right. When he turns it over one time or less, not him, but the offense. Yeah, because some of them aren't his his fault. But, but when they when they turn it over one time or less, they they win it at an alarming rate during the Clifford years. And it, and it's it, it, I think that probably could be said for every offense to a degree. If you don't mm-hmm. turn the ball over, you're going to win. But it's been especially true for Clifford and when he's. When he's protecting the football, they they're a winning football program. Yes. They're they're a contender, and I think that's that's the way he's going to have to look at it this year. And I don't know how Mike Yurcich helps that, but his offenses don't turn the ball over. Right. Well, the bottom line is that when Penn State wins the turnover battle and wins the big play battle, which James Franklin emphasizes both, when they win both in the same game, they're twenty-five and zero. Yeah. So there you go. My friend, thank you so much. It's uh, great to hear from you. Uh, look forward to seeing you here shortly. All right, Steve. Looking forward to it. All right. It's Donnie Collins, Scranton Times Tribune. I'm going to take a break. I'm going to yell and scream at Matt during the break because that's all he responds to. <laughs> yeah. Uh. I mean, you're like the old Soviet Union. All you understand is force. F-O-U-L-E-D, that spells FALDA! Doug Birdsong articulating some of the old Brezhnev lines. All right, we'll come back. (laughs) We'll come back with more in a moment. Great to have you with us today. As we continue on News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by our good friends at Sunbury Motors. Oh. Once again, we had to play that progressive commercial, which was the suit doing his warm up <laughs> in the corner office to do a Shikolimi football game on Friday night. Peninsula! Shikolimi! Right. Oh, it's just... Right. I mean, honest to goodness, it's painful. You know, he's why they create soundproof rooms. All right, um, so... Um, <laughs> we need to put more padding in there. I would say lock the door but then poor Bullers is in there with him sometimes, and I don't want Bully being trapped. I mean, the, the dog suffered enough. All right. So, okay. <laughs> oh, my God, the dog is trapped inside with the suit. <laughs> oh, my goodness. 
Has the dog been in lately? Or I haven't seen bowlers in the last couple of days. Bowlers! Next time I come to town, I hope to see the little guy. There we go. Great to have you with us on the show today. Brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. Ford Lincoln Kia Hyundai. Wide range of pre-owned inventory. And also, a great sales staff and a service department, by the way, that takes care of everything. By the way, happy birthday to Lisa Catrillo. Yes, sir. Unlike her husband, I'm not giving out her age. (laughs) It's where experience comes into play. Been a rough one today. Boy, you are struggling. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Ford Lincoln Kia Hyundai. Fabulous new inventory. The best in pre-owned inventory with the Sunbury Motors guarantee. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com. All right, great to have you with us. Let's get you up to date on what's going on at the Masters. At Augusta National... I kept screaming at Matt during the break, get me Masters results now, darn it. So I ended up getting it myself. (laughs) (laughs) You know how I scream at you in the break. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's all the time. (laughs) So let's see. Let's check out yonder leaderboard here at Augusta National. Brian Harmon, not the longest hitter out there. But accurate. Brian Harmon and Deki Matsuyama uh, are the leaders in the clubhouse at three under par 69s. Justin Rose is now playing the 13th hole, the par 5. He is also at three under. Uh, there's a group including Patrick Reed and Webb Simpson at two under. Right there in the neighborhood, as you know, Patrick Reed was the selection of our guest yesterday uh, as to who would win the tournament, Jerry Dulac. He picked Patrick Reed. Siwoo Kim shot a one under 71. Didn't finish strong. He is at one under with Matthew Fitzpatrick, who's playing 11. Jordan Spieth is at one under, playing nine. Those are the only guys under par so far. There are only ding, 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 ten guys under par. That's it. Again, the course firm, fast, you're going to get lower scores. This is not November when the course was soft. And, of course, they've done all that heavy reseeding in September to get it ready for November. Well, now that's all settled in. There's only 10 guys under par. And three of them, by the way, are still out on the course. 
Uh, group at even par. Cameron Champ uh, shot 72. Xander Shoffley shot 72. John Rahm showed up yesterday. Wife had a baby over the weekend. Showed up yesterday. Shot even par 72. Uh, let's see. Who else is it even? More cows even at going to nine. Group at one over par includes Paul Casey, Victor Hovland. They're both shot 73. Phil Mickelson's playing 11. He's at one over. Scotty Scheffler's one over. Tony Finau's one over. Group at two over. Brooks Kepka, Bubba Watson, and Dustin Johnson. All at two over. They all shot 74. They are done. The reason that Dustin Johnson is two over is that he was one under going to 16. He bogeyed. Got the, That brought him back to even. And then he doubled 18. That's why he's two over. So, you know, he, he bogeyed one, he, he uh, birdied two, which is a par five. He then bogeyed five, but then he went on a par streak. And then, of all the holes, he birdied 11. 11 is not easy to birdie. Then he birdied 13, the par five. Then he parred 15. That should have been the indication that, I mean... For a guy with his length out there. And if you're wondering about our guy Bryson DeChambeau, how's Bryson doing? He's four over par playing ten. Par, par, par. Then he double bogeyed four. He bogeyed five. And then the par five eighth, he bogeyed that too. So he is at four over making the turn. He went out in 40. So he's now playing ten. So if you were wondering, how is our guy Bryson DeChambeau doing? The answer is, in two words, not well. No good! No good! No good! Let's stick with that theme and get to Pirates baseball. <laughs> the... The Cubs in the top of the ninth lead the Pirates 4-2. to two, Scoring two runs in the sixth, one in the eighth. Baez, homer to left, a two-run shot. And Anthony Rizzo hit a solo homer in the eighth inning. So... That's the story there. Javi Baez with a two-run homer and Anthony Rizzo with a solo homer. To go with Chris Bryant's first inning homer. And all their runs are in home runs today. Um, so there you go. Uh, Kimbrell's on right now. <laughs> so needless to say, David Ross is in a moment of uh, silent prayer. All right. <laughs> But that's the story in Pittsburgh on the home opener there. The Orioles, who have already beaten the Red Sox three times this year, uh, lead the Red Sox 3-2 to two at the end of five innings of play. Red Sox scored two in the first uh, when Rafael Devers hit a two-run homer. But then Mountcastle came back with a two-run homer, and Severino then homered in the fourth, and it's 3-2 Orioles. Uh, Eduardo Rodriguez. Coming back from myocarditis, has gone five innings, struck out seven, hasn't walked a batter. He's against Matt Harvey. Harvey's day will be over shortly. 
Uh, Brewers and Cardinals scoreless bottom of the first at Bush. And the Mets rallied today and beat the Marlins 3-2. to The Mets used 72 pitchers in the game because they all got the 12 uh, on their pitch count. But did you see the ending? Just, just kidding. <laughs> well, I've been doing this show. How could I see the ending? I just saw it here on Twitter. This is the most Mets ending and the most Marlins way to lose. What is, it? is this uh, Conforto getting hit by a pitch? Yes, and it is It's Mikey. It's bad. It's not even close. First of all, it barely grazes his elbow, and it's a strike. It would have been called strike three, sent it to extras. They had the bases loaded. They but, go to replay? No, it doesn't look like it. From what I'm seeing Nami- here. They had Nami- like a minute-long discussion, but they kept with the call on the field. McNeil, by the way, homered to tie the game in the ninth to set it up. Yeah, so it barely graces Conforto's arm, and Conforto had, like, abs- blatantly no effort to get out of the way. Oh, SNY was all over it. Take one for the team. <laughs> this is what I've been trying to encourage you. <laughs> right? Ever- come on. Get on there from... Come on. Three to five every day. Take one for the team. Actually, I'll you have know, you know, during my high school I'll, playing I'll, days, I got hit I'll by I'll pitches I- a lot. I was a magnet. Yeah, but yes, those are accidents. <laughs> <laughs> Gee, thanks. Oh, come on. <laughs> Say that to my hip. Oh, so now when we go out to play in the Purdy Memorial Golf Tournament, we're going to hear the hip story. Oh, my hip. No. No, I'm a late, I'm a last second fill in. Uh, that's okay. We'll go with the guy with the bad hip. All right. So, <laughs> no, I'll be good. I promise. I'm long cured. Especially to that. Uh, we'll, we'll be okay. So, are you taking Lisa out for dinner tonight? I have a series of things planned today. I've already given her some. I've already things. given her a gift. Part one. Then part two. I'm bringing home her favorite dinner. I can say all this because I know she's not listening right now. And then part well, three. Geez, that's, that's, that, that's really encouraging for the show. Great. <laughs> thanks. I know. And I try, but I, we get nowhere. And then part three is I'm having some of her uh, friends and family do, like, Skype calls back to back to back to back to back. Well, that's nice. Yeah. Well, that's good. And what do you have? Where do you have to eat? Papa John's. It's their favorite pizza. My God, you cheap! <laughs> <laughs> this is her. If, if it were up to me, we'd be going much different. We'd be going local first of all, and we'd be going, you know, different style. But. This is what she, this is this is what she likes. So that's where I, originally I was going to go Taco Bell because she loves Taco Bell. But then she's been talking about Papa John's all week and how much she's been craving it. So I went the Papa well, John's route. I called an audible is, and decided to do that. She is pregnant. Yes. So let's let's remember. Yes, in case the audience didn't know that. Number okay, two on the there way. Are, there are cravings. Yes. And she's craving Papa John's and. You said yes. Uh, now, Taco Bell, uh, my uh, 
My son Chris is the one that loves Taco Bell. So uh, I think I think most people know that uh, early on in his life we had to make several hospital trips, and it was my job on the hospital trips. You know, we'd go down to Hershey, go to Geisinger, wherever it may be, or I'd have to go. I made a lot of drives to Boston. Like I'm when I mean drives to Boston, I mean like up, check up, drive right back. You know, a lot of times maybe stay over the night, then come back, whatever. And so he loved Taco Bell. Two places. He loved Friendly's. There was a certain sandwich he loved at Friendly's, and he loved Taco Bell. None of my other kids were like, yeah, yeah, whatever. <laughs> <It's great. laughs> so I was down in Virginia helping my daughter move, and they only live five miles apart. So we're driving over to finish the move to get in. And I said, well, let's get a bite to eat. And I said, what do you say we go to Taco Bell for old time's sake? So we did that. There you go. Oh, Dad, Dad, that's great. <laughs> Friendly's is a good choice, too. Love Friendly's. It's been a while since I've been there. Friendly's, uh, the first Friendly's was uh, put together in Wilbraham, Massachusetts, about maybe 10 miles from where I grew up. So okay. It was, a big, it was a big deal where we grew up. That, hey, Friendly's, whatever. The problem with Friendly's is that they did what some businesses, you know, things are going well, so you keep expanding, you keep expanding, you keep expanding. They expanded too much, and they got into areas where they weren't known. And um, and this is um, this is um, something that has happened to some businesses over time. You have to really know what your audience is and who knows you. And then they eventually had to file Chapter 11. They were going to put, actually, they were going to put two friendlies here in State College. You know that? This is, I'm going back 20 years now. Matt. I did not know that. They were going to put one on the western side of town and one on the eastern side of town. And I thought, hey, that's great. <laughs> I, I like going there. Students would take advantage of that, too. Never came to fruition. Wow. Never came to fruition. So. That happens when you expand too quickly and beyond your logical reach. How about that? Yeah, it's just a business lesson. Oh, yeah, it's me teaching business. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's why I laugh sometimes. I'll get notes from my students. Professor, <laughs> I'm like calling me professors an insult to professors. All right, we'll come back with more in a moment. <laughs> Great to have you with us today on News Radio 1070 WKOK. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years.
Great to have you with us on the show today. Brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors here, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. So we'll get everybody up to date on what's going on here in the final half hour of the show today. Uh, the Cubs in the bottom of the ninth inning lead the Pirates 4-2. The Pirates, though, have two outs. Um, and there is nobody on base. And, and have a man with no shirt in, the, in, the, in PNC Park, too, in the stands. And what? They have a man with uh, no shirt sitting in the stands. Just calm, cool, collected. <laughs> well, now we have to debate what looks worse, the player, the Pirates, or that guy. Uh, the Reynolds just struck out swinging. The Cubs won it 4-2. to two. The Pirates have been mathematically eliminated from the playoffs. All right. That's not good on April 8th. <laughs> The Mets on the Mike Conforto take one for the team moment, which I wish certain people in our building would do. Uh, beat the Marlins three to two. <laughs> uh, top of the second, Brewers Cardinals scoreless, and top of the sixth, uh, the Orioles lead the Red Sox three to two. Up, oh, it's just been tied at three three. The Royal grounded out, and Rafi Devers scored. The Red Sox, by the way, still have runners on second and third. So they've, so they've tied the game up at three. So there you go. That, that gets everybody up to date. Masters, Justin Rose now the leader on the course. No surprise, he birdied 13. You know, I mean, that's going to be a birdie hole for everybody. If you don't birdie it, you know, if, if you par the hole, you feel like you bogeyed it. If you do worse than that, you really, because 13 is just one of those holes where for the pros it's short enough where you it's like target practice on that second shot, usually two putt for a birdie there. Rose, four under par, leader, former U.S. Open champ at Marion. Hideki Matsuyama and Brian Harmon, both in the clubhouse after three under par 69s. It's just great that we're talking about it in April. It's just great that we're doing that. Uh, that's... Uh, you know, I saw that the Rangers the other day had, what, 36,000, 38,000 fans for their opener. Now they're going to socially distant now for a bit, so they're going to, you know, they won't be getting that every night. But on opening day, they had the park filled. And Texas has its uh, cases, case numbers going down, which is great. I mean, it's awesome. Uh, I guess the problem spot in the country is Michigan? That's correct. Uh, like one out of every seven positives in the country is in Michigan. So it's like, what, 63,000 positives, 9,000 are in Michigan, one out of every seven? Hey, yay, Glad I'm sitting here. But then, with all due respect, I'm always glad I'm sitting here and not in Michigan's outside. <laughs> But, you know, but there are people, obviously, that are friends of mine that are in Michigan. You know, Will Teeman, John Bacon, you know. Believe me, it's, you know, you do what I do. you got friends all over the place. Uh, shouldn't say that because Sue has no friends in Worcester. 
None in Lafayette. Oof, boy, Jersey Shore. Forget that. Kind of. Just got a note. Cubs beat Pirates. Already did that note. Jeez. Come on. God, on iPad. So late on everything. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah. Matt now doing play-by-play of baseball. Yeah. Ken Shirto sent me a nice nice note. Former Nittany Lion wrestler. Olympian. Well, how about that? You look at what Penn State. They, they get the four national champions. And then they get an Olympian at David Taylor, who had to beat another Penn Stater and Bo Nickel to get there. What a month it's been for this program, huh? What a month. In a quote, rebuilding year. (laughs) Some people thought rebuilding. They get four individual national champs, which in the end, the team title is obviously a big deal, but what would you rather have? The team title and maybe a national champion, or would you rather have four national champs? The part of me would rather have the four four national champs. That's four guys that walk out of there and they, you know, and then you get an Olympian out of it, David Taylor. Plus, there are three other members of the Nittany Lion Wrestling Club that are Olympians. That's four from the club. Pretty good. All right. We actually are going to have a coach's show a week from tonight, just so you know. This is something we've done in recent years where we take that last show and we hold it back to the Thursday before the final, either scrimmage or practice in this case. And yes, James Franklin, that'll be a week from tonight, will be on the show. And yes, we are planning on something for Saturday the 17th. Great to have you with us today. On the show, brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. On News Radio 1070, WKOK.